It's the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels for another riveting day, another brilliant experience in broadcasting. I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole, and we're going to talk a little bit more about COVID. I stopped talking about it to talk about Ukraine uh, because it is just... So it was it was bad for a while. All I did was talk about COVID. I had to get off of it. So, but before that, before we go down this little COVID narrative, let's talk about bumbling Biden and his babbling. Bur- uh, I couldn't think of another word. No longer an aficionado of alliteration. Chris Michaels will just read the article by Steve Watson from Summit News. Biden babbles and lies about being an eighteen wheeler. That's right. Biden said today that he remembers a colleague called Big Mama. And Biden said, I used to drive a truck. It's a long story, and I thought I was going to get to drive one of these suckers today. Motioning to one of the Mack trucks behind him for his idiotic speech. And, uh, I mean, it, it was just really, really sad. He was never a driver. He drove a truck one time to Washington, D.C. while he was a senator, uh, and then he promptly took a private plane back to his district after the visit. And uh, once he was done with that gaffe, he wandered off to talk to a little girl, oddly enough, in the crowd. You can find video of that all across social media. Who would think an aging pedophile would, or I'm sorry, a probable aging pedophile would go talk to a little girl? It was even more embarrassing when Barack Obama decided to show up to the White House. And when Barack Obama was there, everybody ignored Joe Biden. Joe Biden even introduced himself as the vice president to Barack Obama. And once his stupid speech was over, the I mean, I, it's it's really really bad. I, it's 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 elderly neglect if you watch the video, because everybody in the room just swarms all over Obama, and the cameras are on him. The reporters rush to him, and Biden literally is wandering around by himself, completely ignored by everybody. Uh, including all of his handlers. Uh, It it was a truly embarrassing moment for the supposed president. And we this isn't going to end there because the Democrats are in trouble, very, very big trouble, along with the wokest liberals. We had uh, Representative Matt Goetz, who seems to be compromised in some areas, including uh, how he adopted his various children, or child, I should say, uh, and uh, we, we just need to do a little bit more digging into Florida Republican Representative Matt Getz. Uh, but he did give it to Secretary of Defense Austin, who has a very, very oblong cranium. I don't know uh, what they did to his head, but um, it, it definitely comes to a point, at least in these pictures that are shown. Uh, but it was very, very tumultuous today. Uh, And Matt Goetz started to question the failures of the Pentagon's assessments. Has it occurred to you, Mr. Goetz said, that Russia has not overrun Ukraine because of what we've done? Or actually, that was Austin. Sorry. And our allies have done. Have you ever thought about that? And here's the problem. Here's the problem. 
Matt Getz said that he was embarrassed, and Secretary Austin plays the victim. And he says, this is the most capable, the most capable combat critical force in the world. Talk about alliteration. The fact that you are embarrassed by your country, and Matt Getz interrupts and says, no, I'm embarrassed by your leadership. And that's the angle that uh, Austin tried to take is, oh, if you say anything about me, if you are critical of my judgment, then you're critical of the United States. No, no. In fact, no, we're just critical of your woke, idiotic ideology and why you seemingly cannot uh, come to some sort of reasonable strategy to combat, I don't know, I, I won't even say it because it's not combating anything. It's really just funding Nazis. And how can you explain the fact that you're funding Nazis? And oh, by the way, Biden said he's going to give another $1 billion to said Nazis in the Ukraine. I mean, it, that's really all it comes down to. And nobody can answer to it in the public. Everybody knows what's going on behind closed doors. And thankfully, Elon Musk, who I suspect is controlled opposition. Because you don't get to uh, Elon Musk's status without being uh, in the know. So he bought a huge stake in Twitter, 9.2% stake in Twitter. And there are a lot of rumblings going on here. He's going to bring an edit button to Twitter. That has never happened. And even uh, they're talking about bringing back a whole bunch of banned accounts like Donald Trump the Babylon Bee, supposedly the head of the Babylon Bee, which is a satirical website slash Twitter account slash social media outlet, uh, was banned from Twitter. And supposedly Elon Musk called the CEO of the Babylon Bee directly and had a conversation all about censorship. So this is something to watch out for. Look out for that edit button. Now, this has all of the liberal panties in a twist that Elon Musk it dares, dares come out and as an edit button. Elon Musk could potentially unban people that we don't agree with. How dare this fascist try to do this? You have no idea how many idiotic, stupid, short-sighted, knuckle-dragging liberals that are employed by Twitter or contractors of Twitter uh, are now quitting and looking for other jobs. Glenn Greenwald, who I bring up every now and then, uh, just went on a tirade, uh, not just Twitter, but the world. So he's responding to the Columbia Bugle. It tells you everything you need to know about the left that a Twitter that doesn't censor their political opponents terrifies them. And that's exactly what we're seeing. If Twitter actually had unadulterated freedom of speech, where anybody could say anything and anybody could uh, use their best judgment to ignore said offending tweet, then, then the left doesn't want to participate. It's their point of view or the highway. If you don't agree with them, then that's it. The show is over and you're banned. Glenn Greenwald said, not just Twitter, but the world, a world where tech billionaires and their state sponsors don't censor their adversaries, terrify them. And there's no need to wonder what the U.S. liberal left thinks about free speech. 
Polling data proves they don't believe in it. Huge majorities want to want not only tech oligarchs, but also the state to censor the Internet for them. And he then cites a Pew Research Center poll. The U.S. government should take steps to restrict false info online, even if it limits freedom of information. Democrats, 65% say yes. Republicans, 28% say yes. Second poll, tech companies should take steps to restrict false info online, even if it limits freedom of info. So notice the difference. In one poll, they want the government to do it. In another poll, they want the companies to do it. Talk about fascism. Talk about the ability for a company to institute the narrative that the government wants them to talk about. So in that poll, where tech companies do the uh, limiting of freedom of speech, 76% of Democrats want it, 37% of Republicans want it. So in an overwhelming majority of the time, Democrats want censorship. They do not care about freedom of speech only if it is to perform child grooming. I mean, only if it supports their point of view. That is the only way that they will have any sort of open dialogue. And it's incredibly short-sighted, idiotic, stupid, uh, moronic. I don't know how many other adjectives I got here for uh, just plain effing stupid. Uh, okay, so this is what I really... Oh, wow. A 10-minute diatribe on things I didn't want to get to during this podcast, but now I'm going to get to the meat of it. Dr. Malone, and this is from the truedefender.com. Dr. Malone expressed concerns about the side effects and soaring cancer cases. Now, Follow the bouncing ball with this. Just stay with me on this. We're going to focus on uh, the vaccines, their side effects, their long-term adverse events here. So like I said, Dr. Malone talks about his concern for soaring cancer rates. Now, I have brought this up in the past where I've said cancer rates and the soaring uh, rates of other diseases that are normally kept in check with your immune system uh, is now going to be a problem because these inoculations have destroyed the immune system and also destroyed the long-term memory of the immune system. What do I mean by that? B and T cells. Not TNA, but B and T cells. And those cells basically, because every variant of a virus is usually or or has the same commonality of the previous version of the virus or variant of like over 99%. Over 99% of a virus is the same as the previous season's virus. So you got a flu virus every year. You got a COVID virus every, if the Democrats had their way, every six weeks. Um, but it shares 99% of the material. That's where your B and T cells come into play, and they remember the 99% of the material of the virus so that your immune system knows how to go after said virus in an effective way, and you don't end up on a deathbed. You just end up in your bed for a couple of days, and then you get over it, and you're good to go. Uh, So that's the whole basic gist of this. So Dr. Malone says, this is the, the, uh, the defense 
epidemiologic surveillance system and the whistleblower when he talks about the cancer effects. The Biden admin announced that they are launching a covid.gov website to keep people up to date with all of their nonsense. Now, this is what Dr. Malone said, and he said this on Cucker Tarlson. The, the one that's popping up now is just stunning to me, is this whistleblower release information of the Department of Defense database, the DMSS database. This is the data that describes the adverse events in the Department of Defense. So this is the Defense Epidemiologic Surveillance System and the whistleblower. What did they find in all of this? There was a massive increase in 2021 compared to 2020 and preceding years having multiple hundreds of a percent up to 1,000% in a variety of adverse events, which is to say diseases that are suspected of being associated with vaccine administration. And he emphasizes cancer, heart attacks, strokes, infertility. Dr. Malone also said, it's stunning. I take no pleasure in the findings. And Ryan Cole has been observing increased incidences of cancer and odd behaviors of cancers to get into the nuance of cells replicating cancer cells at a much higher level in a field of cancer cells than you would normally see. And he is observing this. And he also then said that Guess what? Guess what? That you are going to start to see that the cancers don't work. Uh, Not the cancers. The vaccines don't work, but there is an increased risk of cancer from those of those individuals that actually took the vaccines, never mind the boosters. So what else do we have going on here? There is something else that came out from the Pfizer documents that they are being forced to release thanks to a Freedom of Information Act request that a judge said, no, Pfizer, you do not have 95 years to release all of these documents. You've got about nine months, so get to it. They're supposed to release about fifty to 60,000 pages of documents per month. So... This is also from the True Defender Telegram channel, and it talks about one of these Pfizer documents. Well, if an unvaccinated man, you're going to love this, unvaccinated versus vaccinated, pay attention, get out a scorecard. If an unvaccinated man touches a vaccinated woman or inhales the air she exhales and then has sex with his wife, his wife may have an adverse event and must then avoid having children. Okay, break out the whiteboard, take out the marker. We're going to need to draw a diagram for that sentence because there's a lot there. What this sentence says is that if a guy cheats on his wife, or I should say this, if an unvaccinated guy cheats on his wife with a vaccinated mistress, the man then becomes a carrier for adverse events. The man is then able to transport the manipulated RNA, the messenger RNA, the cDNA, from the mistress to the unvaccinated wife. And the man may not even know it. 
This is, for all intents and purposes, an STD. It even goes further. If the unvaccinated man inhales the air, the vaccinated woman exhales the carbon dioxide, the CO2. Do you understand what is going on here? Six feet should be kept at least from any vaccinated individual because they are nothing more than spike protein factory smokestacks, chimneys. I couldn't think of the word. (laughs) Okay, if a woman who has never been vaccinated comes into contact with a woman who has been vaccinated, now this is per Pfizer. Pfizer talks about the, the unvaccinated woman may have a miscarriage, may abort spontaneously, may poison a baby through her breast milk, and her baby may have cognitive problems associated with memory and concentration. This vaccine is communicable through breath. That's what these Pfizer documents say. And they go through all sorts of stuff. Occupational exposure. Occupational exposure occurs when a person has unplanned direct contact with a subject for a vaccine, which may or may not lead to the occurrence of an adverse event. Basically, if an unvaccinated person touches a vaccinated person. Uh, Okay, the investigator must report this to Pfizer when such an exposure occurs. And safety within 24 hours of being notified whether or not an associated secondary adverse event occurs. Basically, they want to know whether or not the unvaccinated are, in fact, getting some sort of adverse event from the vaccinated. That's what all this study is talking about. So they go into the definitions, adverse event. SAE, which is somebody that that does not have the vaccine but experiences an adverse event. And EDP, which is exposure during pregnancy. Uh, So, exposure during pregnancy is present if a female participant is found to be pregnant while receiving a study, a male participant undergoing or having discontinued a study intervention is exposed to a female partner before or around the time of conception, a woman is found to be pregnant whilst exposed or has been exposed to a research intervention due to environmental exposure. Breathing in the same room as a vaccinated person. That's what that sentence means. A female relative or caregiver reports that she is pregnant after exposure to the study intervention through inhalation or skin tone. What does that mean? It means an unvaccinated healthcare worker working with a or an unvaccinated pregnant healthcare worker working with a vaccinated uh, patient may have an adverse event similar to the vaccinated. This shit spreads. And this is all according to Pfizer. No wonder why they wanted 95 years to cover this shit up. Okay, a male relative or caregiver exposed to the study intervention through inhalation or skin contact then exposes their female partner prior to or around the time of conception. What does this mean? Pfizer suspects that men can be carriers of whatever this is 
two women that are unvaccinated. So men not, may not even know that they are transporting this kind of adverse event, which causes uh, sudden abortions, things like that. And they, it's like HPV. They may not even know it. Uh, they talk about neonatal deaths occurring within one month of birth, uh, exposure during breastfeeding. Uh, and this happens whether or not the mother is vaccinated. All that has to happen is a male carrier, be, an, a male unvaccinated carrier, being in the same vicinity as a female pregnant woman or, or female mother that is also unvaccinated, she is now suffering from adverse events, the same kinds of stuff that we see in the vaccinated, and she can spread it to her newborn. Now, this is the important part of this whole thing. Occupational exposure. Occupational exposure, when a person comes into unplanned contact with the study intervention which may or may not lead to the occurrence of an adverse event. Individuals may include caregivers, relatives, individuals involved in the care of the study participant. The investigator must report occupational exposures, blah, blah, blah. Occupational exposures uh, occurs when a person has unplanned contact with a vaccine subject. Now, stop right there. Stop right there. We always have to look at the vocabulary that these... Uh, these snakes use occupational exposure occurs when a person has unplanned direct contact with a vaccine subject. What is the definition of a subject? What does that mean? It, it you know, if you're out there and you're a normal person, you just say vaccine subject. Oh, it just means that somebody got the vaccine. So what's ha ha? What the, if you go to FDA.gov media download and you look up the definition of a subject from the FDA. So this is how the FDA defines the definition, not to be redundant, of the term subject. It also is the same for participant. This is what it means. An individual who participates in a clinical trial either as a recipient of the investigational product or as a control. What do they mean by control? It means that you are given a placebo. So you are given uh, a fake inoculation, a fake injection, and you are told that uh, it was, in fact, the vaccine. The term subject is part of the federal regulation and may be used interchangeably with participant. So what does this mean? It means that Pfizer knows that everybody... Every single person that took one of their mRNA gene therapy platforms, they are participating in a clinical trial and they are the recipient of an investigational product. In other words, they don't know what's going to happen after they inject you with this stuff or you're part of the control group. And we know damn well that the control group was demolished because Pfizer told the control group that they were part of the control group, and if you want the vaccine, you're more than welcome to get it. So what is that? So there are no long-term studies on individuals that have been injected with this crap. 
They have no control group. They don't know if this vaccine is better or worse than somebody or that has nothing in their system other than sugar water. That's what that means. So Pfizer knew from day one that their inoculations spread to the uninoculated and they describe everybody as a subject, which means that if the FDA defines a subject as somebody that participates in a clinical trial, either as a recipient of the investigational product, which means it's experimental, or as a control, this whole thing is a farce. It means that if you took an injection, you were part of an experiment. They don't know what would happen. And you are part of the trial study. That's it. That's all that you have to know about. You are the experiment. Plain and simple. It's in the FDA's own language. And it's also in Pfizer's language, which goes off the FDA's language. So if you have anybody to thank, you can thank Dr. Fauci. And that big-nosed, four-eyed little shrimp should be drummed out of existence. If he could be tarred and feathered, I would enjoy it immensely. I'm not going to do it, but if somebody with a little bit more ambition than me were to do it, I would probably celebrate it and uh, at least give you a, uh, a retweet or share uh, that event on my social media. So the, what this got me to thinking, because if this stuff doesn't work, then what is the point? And, and we, we, there's plenty of evidence at this point uh, that, that none of these inoculations work. So if these inoculations don't work, and all of these big pharma executives and NIH stooges like Dr. Fauci, they knew it didn't work from day one, or they knew within a couple of months. Because here's the thing, too, that came out in, these, in this document dump. Pfizer had to hire 2,400 full-time customer service reps to start logging the adverse events from all of the people that took the inoculations. Customer service in quotes. Because they need to have all of these adverse events logged before they submit an official approval for this crap. And that's going to take at least until 2030. So they had to hire 2,400 people just to take care of the complaints. Do you understand how bad that is? Let's just do the math. 2,400 people times 40 hours a week. 96,000 hours worth of complaints. Times that by 52. Over 4.9 million hours per year worth of complaints due to the Pfizer gene therapy mRNA platforms. So do you really think this is safe? Do you really think this is something that you should be injecting into toddlers? Of course not, if you had two brain cells to rub together. where This is another video that made, oh, it's a long one tonight, 27 minutes of glorious, glorious auditory amazingness. Uh, so... Uh, this is another little blurb that was uh, going across the social media spectrum. 
uh, it was a lawyer, big time lawyer that's associated with uh, people like Dr. Tenpenny and uh, individuals that are really studying the COVID-19 uh, inoculation gene therapy platform, adverse events and hoodwinking along the public lines. Um, he came out, he started to talk to all of the funeral homes and what they're finding out is uh, that all of these funeral homes are talking about these bizarre blood clots. So I'm not sure if you've ever seen a blood clot. It's basically a whole chunk of gelatinous yuck in your veins. And when doctors try to take out blood clots, you will literally see the outlines of your veins or capillaries or whatever it is. I'm not a biologist just like the nominee for the Supreme Court, who can't tell the difference between a boy and a girl, despite the fact that some of them have ovaries, some of them have testes. So it looks like it looks like roots from a tree when you take out a blood clot. So here's the thing. This lawyer is talking about how, when they go through the embalming process, they take out all of the ickiness, and they take out all of these supposed blood clots, but they clear them off. And it turns out that these blood clots are not what they appear to be. These blood clots are actually, according to him, according to the undertakers that he's spoken to, that turns out to be graphene, graphene hydroxide. So I've brought that up in the past. Graphene oxide is the huge thing out there. Graphene oxide is an enormous conductor of electricity. If they had their way, they would replace everything with graphene oxide because it conducts electricity uh, more readily, uh, in more abundance. It is a fraction of the size of a regular wire. Uh, and, oh, by the way, you can inject people with graphene oxide because it's a nanomaterial. It's so small that it goes into your cells. So here's the thing that we find out. We find out that there is all of the materials in the inoculation to make graphene hydroxide. So they don't inject the nanomaterial completely uh, created. Right. So what happens is they inject all of the little bits and graphene oxide and graphene hydroxide into your body. And through and since it is a nanometal, which reacts to electromagnetic frequency uh, and also it re uh, reacts to magnetism. Hello, your cell phone. Hello, 5G. Hello, cell phone towers. Hello, Wi-Fi. All of that is a magnetic frequency. Since it reacts to all of those frequencies, the graphene hydroxide and the graphene oxide is built in your body in response to the magnetic frequencies that you interact with on a daily basis, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So it, it it's literally nanoparticles, nanorobots assembling themselves in your body post-inoculation thanks to the Wi-Fi and electromagnetic frequencies that are that, that we're all baked in. You know, we can't walk through uh, any place because they want to blanket society with 5G uh, internet. Thank you, Elon Musk. So, here's the thing. I started to... 
to mull this over. I rubbed my temples. I took an enormous shit thinking about this. I had the, I, the chin resting on my hand because where else do you do uh, amazing thinking? Always, always, always on the porcelain throne. That's where the best things happen. And only on a cold seat. Only on a cold porcelain seat, by the way. I mean, if, if somebody, if I go to somebody's house and they have a plastic foam toilet seat that goes when you sit on it and it's warm, forget about it. I am done. I'm leaving at that moment. On a cold porcelain seat, you can think better than Plato. So here we go. I started to think about stuff. What on earth, what on earth could contribute to detoxing of graphene? How do we find out? I mean, there's got to be something. There's got to be something. Everybody is starting to experiment with graphene. How do we get rid of it? Graphene is a nanometal. So all we had to do was go to ACS Publications. Humic acid acts as a natural antidote of graphene by regulating nanomaterial translocation and metabolic, metabolic fluxes. In other words, humic acid gets the crap out of your body. That's the whole gist of it. There's a whole big study about it. Basically, the whole point of this is that if you take humic acid, which is also associated with uh, not humic, but fluvic. Whoa. Yes. Fault. No, not fluvic. Fulvic. F-U-L-V-I-C acid. They're pretty much one in the same. Uh, you can't have one without the other. Um, if you take that, the acid coats your cells, coats the compromised cells, and no, essentially notifies the immune system what to go after. And also, the fulvic acid and the humic acid coats the receptors so the spike protein doesn't get into your cells and also allows the immune, the immune system to effectively remove all sorts of things. Now, this study that I just brought up is from 2014, and this was done by a whole bunch of, uh, I would assume, Asians. Uh, we have uh, Xi Shang Hu, Li Mu, Xia Kang, Keixing Lu, Rion Zhao, and Qixing Zhao. Uh, so all of those people did this study. Humic acids act as a natural antidote of graphene. So now the next question has to be, what in fact is humic acid? In short, it is decomposing materials. It is dead plants, dead animals. It is duty water. It is urination. What am I saying? I am saying that in a perfect world, prior to the Industrial Revolution and GMO crops, when the Earth had a regular system in it, a regular nitrogen cycle style system in it, where plants and animals and leaves would decompose on the soil and would leach into the soil, where people and animals would pinch off a loaf wherever they'd like, uh, take a leak against a tree, all of those nutrients go into the soil. That soil then processes all of that material 
and you get something extremely beneficial in the plants that you tried to grow on top of that soil. In other words, I'm talking about honest-to-God real fertilizer, incorporating everything from uh, plants you don't need, animals you don't need, bones you don't need, uh, defecations you don't need. If you churn it up in that soil and you mix it all together, you have something that is really worth your time. It is re- it's really good for plants. So where did humans over 100 years ago get their humic and fulvic acid from? They got it from the land. They got it from the crops they would grow. They got it from the plants that the animals would eat that has all of that stuff in the soil. What I'm saying is is that plants are the main generator of humic acid if you just let nature be nature. You can find a lot of it in seaweed, plants, vegetation, fruit trees, uh, all of that stuff. Basically, the plants take all of those nutrients and brings it up into their flowers, brings it up into their fruits, and you have what I'm talking about here. So, Looking into humic acid, wellnessmama.com. She's got 15 benefits. Number one, mineral deficiencies. Number two, it alleviates the common cold. Bear that in mind. Number three, fights bronchitis. Number four, gives plant minerals from soil. Okay, fights cancer. Keep that in mind. Could improve thyroid health. Protects against viruses. Keep that in mind. Stops the bleeding of hemorrhagic fever. Offers powerful electrolytes. Keep that in mind if you like drinking on the weekends. Bolsters your immunity. Clears up skin conditions. Offers pain relief. Reduces free radicals. Helps athletes refuel their system after sweating. And improves memory. So, that the, all of this is extremely important with humic acid. And we also know that humic acid is a detoxifier of heavy metals within the human body. This comes from another 2018 paper, Research Review from Research Nutritionals. This is by Debbie Hamilton, medical doctor, talks about humic acid. This is all about detoxification. She says... That the ability to bind toxins, this is what uh, humic acid is all about, has led to the commercial use of humic acid for both animals and humans. Humic acid was shown to be an effective uh, in removing mercury from pigs. Where else do we hear mercury from? We hear it about thimerosal, which is an adjuvant slash uh, preservative in all of the vaccines that we're told to get. Humic acid increases excretion of mercury from all organs tested in animals with a reduction of brain mercury levels by 87%. And all of these mercury and heavy metals go to the pineal gland. Just look look up calcification of the pineal gland, and now you know why somebody doesn't use uh, fluoridated anything. No fluoridated toothpaste. I don't live in an area that fluorides the, the water. So now you know a little bit about 
old Chris Michaels. These findings were unexpected since humic acid does not leave the intestines. It appears that uh, the glutathione frees mercury so humic acid can bind it, uh, giving glutathione, whatever the hell that is, the ability to bind more mercury and pull it from various organs. Humans use, uh, has also, oh no, human use, excuse me. See, this is what happens when you do 40 straight minutes. Has also shown positive reductions in heavy metals, including lead exposure, cadmium exposure, and uh, also uh, low iron levels, uh, because what happens is humic acid then increases the efficiency of liver and kidney functions and enables your iron levels to get to an appropriate level. Environmental chemicals such as pesticide glyphosate, where have we heard that from? That is Monsanto. A lot of people that have uh, gluten allergies really have an allergy to glyphosate because glyphosate is the type of material that they spray. It's a pesticide, a really bad pesticide, that they spray on all of the wheat and soy and everything else. So people think they've got a gluten allergy when, in fact, it is a sudden, awful reaction to glyphosate, which is really nothing more than an awful, awful pesticide. The humic acid complexes absorb glyphosate from the soil. Absorption is the chemical reaction, and it helps reduce glyphosate. Uh, Also, humic acid inhibits antimicrobial loss, so it helps the body defeat microbes. Uh, Nutritional benefits. It also does a lot of things with mental health. Uh, It includes immune support. Uh, Humic acid helps support the immune system. Uh, It, uh, because of its ability to bind molecules, it assembles sugars in the body, and these sugars bind to T cells and killer immune cells, and it facilitates communication. What does this mean? It means it gets the crap out of your body. That is exactly what it means. So safety, humic acid is highly safe. It has a high safety profile with no known side effects. It exists in all soils. Now you know why Bill Gates wants everybody to only have a meatless diet. Now you know why Bill Gates wants everybody to, or now you know why Bill Gates bought the most farmland in the United States. He is the largest farmland owner in the United States because he wants to ruin the soil and he wants to make sure people do not have the proper health. In 2002, the NIH, that's Dr. Fauci's NIH, published a report titled Broad Spectrum Antiviral Effectiveness of Humates, which discusses antiviral effects against a range of viruses from influenza to herpes and even severe infections like Ebola. That's how powerful humic acid is. It is so strong that it can go after the Ebola virus. So, what does this all tell us? It tells us that maybe, just maybe, we should be investing in better crops, better soil, better fruits and vegetables grown from proper soil. In other words, humic acid. Humic acid seems to be the one thing, if we're to read all of these studies from the past, like 2014, 2018, 2002, 
that really does something amazing to the human body, and that is getting rid of these heavy metals that are suspected to have been in these inoculations. It also enables the body to plug up the holes so that viruses do not have receptors to go into and detoxes the body. It increases the immune system. It allows heavy metals to be excreted through the bodies. It also allows heavy metals to be removed from organs like the brain and fluoride around the pineal gland. Do you understand how all of this is extremely important? Because this is what we've been talking about the whole time. If graphene is a metal, a nanometal, a microscopic metal, so small it gets through your cells and your cell walls, that it is responding to electromagnetic frequency and Wi-Fi, and people that aren't inoculated somehow get the same reactions, the same side effects as somebody that is inoculated, we can then probably assume that graphene oxide is nothing more than an antenna for people. So once they're inoculated with this stuff, the Wi-Fi, the 5G, the cell towers, your cell phone causes this material to create graphene oxide, causes this material to emit a certain frequency, and causes other individuals, vaccinated or not, to do certain things or causes their bodies to do certain things and also have phantom adverse events even if they're not vaccinated. The only way to get out of this is to start detoxing with from heavy metals. At least that's in my opinion. Don't go out there and say Chris Michaels recommends this. So uh, that's going to be it for me. Look up uh, humic acid. Look up, I can't pronounce this, fulvic acid. Yes, fulvic, F-U-L-V-I-C acid. Uh, look up all the, oh, and by the way, both of those acids are very, very good at removing parasites, just like ivermectin, just like hydroxychloroquine. And there are plenty of studies out there that talk, performed by Dr. Fauci's NIH that talk about how cancers go into remission once you start taking antiparasitical drugs. So, what else do you have? If you're being injected with something, with some gene therapy platform, you've got Dr. Malone talking about a uh, cornucopia of cancers blooming across society. No wonder they don't want you to have antiparasitical drugs, which also have an anti-cancer effect on the body. This is a eugenics program. This is a depopulation program. So... Being that you listen to me, you're on the last call caravan, and uh, you're uh, you're a steps, leaps and bounds, miles, fathoms ahead of other people in your society and your in your community. Look up fulvic acid. Look up humic acid. You can get it for humans. It is safe. Uh, and so I, I do more research. If you find something, let me know about it. I'm going to do more research. It looks pretty good to me. That's going to be it for tonight. This is The Last Call Caravan with Chris Michaels.